Today's episode is brought to you by Diane Kinlaw of Go Prime Mortgage and Jamie Tulak of EXP Realty. Walking through the doorway of my son's room and it felt like I transported into another world and I was sitting in the nursing chair nursing him in the front of the big windows and everybody else is outside playing and I was like life is going on without me. And I am in this quicksand, like time is moving slowly and I'm trapped in this nursery while the whole world continues to function. And it wasn't until one of my friends said, I'm up nursing at that time too. And remember that around the world, there are hundreds of thousands of moms up in the middle of the night nursing. And being able to come down the steps and see my neighbor's light on in her kitchen and knowing she's up nursing her baby too, like just knowing I'm not in this alone and that there's hundreds of thousands of women around the world up in the middle of the night with their babies too, that that provided me more than any freaking book in the world that I read. Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. I'm Jenny Midgley. Sarah Madras. And this and is a show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. Yes. Did I get it? Nailed it. Nailed it. It only took me six months. <laughs> Oh man, we're a little punchy. When you guys today. laugh, you, your microphones get really quiet. Like you've you've stepped like ten feet away <laughs> to laugh. <laughs> so we have oh, to yeah. laugh really close to the microphone to here, and I can laugh right into it. <laughs> Would that be better? Now we're still in COVID mode, so we're social distancing. That's why everybody sounds a little different. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So we are instead of broadcasting live from the studio like we usually do, we are all broadcasting from the safety of our own homes. So practicing social distancing and still getting it done during these times. The social distancing does not have to mean business distancing. And so we are all pivoting and doing our best to survive the quarantine. And here in North Carolina, it's shit got real real quick. So we're just working to accommodate every aspect of this that we can. And thank you to technology for giving us the freedom and the ability to do this. Um, and thank you to the listeners for still listening during these times. And so right. whether you're outside taking your walk for the day and decided to bring us along with you on that walk, we are glad to be partnering with you while you're out there getting your sunshine, whether you're hanging out at home and just taking a break and listening while you work. We love that you guys take us with you. We get to be connected with you all the time. We're and like besties and we don't even know besties. And like you just said, listen while we work. And all I heard was whistle while you work. And so now I'm like thinking of the Snow White song. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's get to it. We're going to introduce this week's guest. All right, Jenny, I'm going to let you take it away. Sure. So today we have uh, Catherine Dunn. And she is the owner operator of a business called The Nurtured Nest. And she does some pretty cool stuff. So what she does is she brings together really great educators to bring parenting 
knowledge and home management and like all the stuff that people write books about and they talk at you about, she brings it to the level where everybody's just having a conversation and it's getting real. Like what happens when you go from one kid to two that makes it so challenging? Well, I'm not going to lie. When, when you told me about her, I was a little pissed because I was like, wait a minute. Where was she exactly 2011 when I had my first and was struggling in the depths? Like where, what I got gypped. Totally. Yeah, no, we totally got shafted with that because it's real talk, right? Like, what do you do when the kid who won't eat something different every day? Mm-hmm. every day is a new day uh, the sleeping like, and the nursing like I'm talking about the depths of the first six months y'all like yeah. where you feel like time is not moving anymore everything is in slow motion or it's in lightning speed oh that like was not my day. experience girl yeah. <laughs> your business and your journey and why you were not there for us back in 2011 when we were having yeah. our first babies well, let me tell you. So I hadn't even made it to motherhood at that point. My journey started in 2016 with my first. And I quickly realized when I birthed this beautiful tongue-tied, dairy-intolerant baby who was colicky and just we just didn't know what to do. I, I realized really quickly how there weren't many resources or if there were, they were really hard to hunt down. Mm-hmm. And I spent a lot of time on the internet and I realized how bad emotionally yeah. it was. It's draining all the stuff yep. and just started to tell people it was like riding a carousel. You're just going up and down yeah. and round and round. It put it in me then. I, I knew that I could make a difference. I've always been that personality, the one to do it, the why not me, but I didn't have enough energy then. Then I had my second daughter and I had been doing some contract work and got laid off while I I was two weeks postpartum with her. And then I started to realize like, this is what I need to do. All Mm -hmm. signs were pointed and I needed to do this. And it was solidified because that baby, she was a little bit better of a breastfeeder and sleeper, but it was me that go round. So I suffered from mastitis at eight months postpartum. I got four bouts oh. um, and it ended my breastfeeding journey. I just felt like I didn't have the support. I had no idea. And this is just like a little over a year ago. I had no idea that people did in-home lactation. And then I was diagnosed with postpartum anxiety. I thought I was just tired because I now had two children. Anyway, so just a lot of epiphanies. Finally, I just looked at my husband. We went out to dinner and I said, I want to do this thing that would bring better education, not only expectant parent education, but I want to talk to people and get them connected with experts on all levels. So like, how can they make feeding their family Mm-hmm. easier. I've got a picky eater. I have a husband who's also a picky eater. Like, how do I address this? Because all these aspects are draining me. Right. And he was supportive. And we first explored having a brick and mortar because I thought the research I'd done, there are some other cities that have similar things and they're all a brick and mortar. We quickly realized that that would drive us into a million dollars in debt right. very yeah. quickly. <laughs> so we chose 
to do kind of a pop-up, you know, that's popular right now. Space sharing is popular. So we jumped on that train and we were supported very well. There were a lot of spaces that wanted to have us there. Vibe co-working being one of them. Little Doodles Play Space being one of them. They they loved this. They knew that their um, quote unquote constituents needed things like yep. this and they wanted to support us. And then came COVID-19, which has kind of turned my business on its head. I'm pretty adamant about the in-person aspect of our business. I think that being eye to eye with the expert, being shoulder to shoulder with people that are in the trenches with you, that's part of it. And it's really hard to do virtually and other people are doing it virtually. Like there's all kinds of online classes you can take. Um, Do I think they're awesome? No. So I wanted to do it differently. It's been really hard for us to go virtual, but we're doing it. We're recording yeah. this week, trying to do it podcast style. So it stays very conversational. And then after they get that content online, they're going to be able to join us for a live Q and a can make eye contact. They can ask their questions of the expert. I'm so glad. Um, like we talked about on the start of the show or the pre-recording is I'm so excited to talk about this topic because It never gets talked about until afterwards. And I'm so type A that I was reading all the books and I was like, what do I need to do? Like breast is best and, you know, yay, do this, do that. And so it was drilled into me. And then when I had our first, I didn't know. Like I remember being in the hospital and the ladies in there like putting a white, like a little tube thingy down by my boob and then this like cover over it to like get land into latch on and she, you know, and she just wasn't very nice and there was shaming language. And I just felt all this intense pressure and felt the shame of if I can't do this, then I'm failing and I'm sucking at motherhood within the first few minutes of him being born. Because <laughs> you know what I, mean? I didn't even have the wherewithal, like, because I had right. been, I, I had been at that point when Nicholas was born, I had been up for almost for over 36 hours because I went from my doctor's appointment the morning, it was just a very fast transition. And that's another conversation for another time. But I was in the hospital basically, and I had preeclampsia. So I was stuck in a hospital bed for a while. And I was in recovery post C-section. I had only, I had asked that they only give me a half a dose of morphine because I didn't know how I was going to respond. (laughs) They put him on top of me and like, he did that scooching thing. Like I didn't know that yeah he latched on right away and I mean breastfeeding came very very easy to me and so it wasn't a thing that I worried about I was just gonna feed my kids however they needed to be fed I was gonna but I also had the experience of being in a hospital that was very 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 lactation heavy Mm -hmm. breast heavy and with my second one she went straight into the NICU and so I didn't have that skin to skin time and I kept telling them I was like I just need her. I was putting the pump on. I was like, I was yelling at the lactation consultants. I was like, you all don't understand. I just need my baby. Um, and then she couldn't latch and I had serious lactation issues with her and I never actually got mastitis, but it was like close to it. I would get the lumps and I would have to like work them out. Yeah. And yeah, but again, figuring it all out on my own. And that's the thing is that support. Well, yes, the support during, I would have appreciated if somebody would have told me the truth ahead of time so that I could have prepared my expectations and would have known what resources just like, so for me, just knowing, like if somebody would have said to me, get a pump and see how much you're even producing, because I was nursing for 45 minutes long 
And then he would still wake up and be crying. And I was like, I don't understand. Well, it's because I wasn't producing, but nobody ever said pump and see, is anything even freaking coming out? (laughs) And so somebody would have just said what's happening, but instead they were trying all these other things of like, put this cover on. Cause then maybe this plastic thing between you and your child. And I was, it was madness and you're already so sleep deprived, your body's trying to recover. And now I'm trying to figure this all out. So I think if the expectations are even set better from the get of here are some supports and here's something to know of like measure to see, are you even producing enough (laughs) before we do things? What do you think, Catherine? That's actually one of the things that we hear a lot with this is like, well, how can you teach people before they experience it? And you can't teach somebody about their personal experience they're going to have. But what you can do is familiarize them with some of the experiences, some of the things that could happen. In our breastfeeding class, we teach about how, how to get off to a great start. So they can be thinking about things that are they're going to happen and do. We show them actually some real videos of me. <laughs> so what happened right when I gave birth, we happen to have this great video of the skin to skin moment. Yeah. Then we talk about common challenges. So they just know, because for me, similar to you, I had a struggle with my first and my second was a better experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but with my first, I'd never heard of tongue tied. And somebody right. was like, who's well, your baby's tongue tied? And I initially, when I heard that, I thought, well, crap, that's terrible. Yeah. What in the heck is that? And no one explained it to me because they don't have time in the hospital. So I just think it's about that. It's just about becoming familiarized with it and then having the resources. And that's something we're able to do because we are, when we're in person, we're working predominantly with people that are delivering in the Raleigh-Durham area. And so we're able to give them all the breastfeeding resources. And I'm up to speed on that. That's one of my roles within the business. I'm not the medical professional teaching these classes, but I am the one who stays in tune. We have a board, got an OB, pediatrician. So they kind of keep me abreast of like what's going on in the medical world. But then I keep my fingers on what support groups are out there, what's new. And so that's what they live with. So I like you. Support groups are so important. Oh my Lord. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm creating something what I wish I had had. Yeah. And, and I guess the hardest thing though, too, I mean, with these, especially first time parents is like, they don't know what they don't know. And right. so we've actually had right. more trouble. So we have a, a, a wide variety of topics. So everything from these expectant classes, then we've got like toy organization and rotation and meal planning. Those classes are more popular. And it's because those families already have children and they're looking for a resource right then. And so with these expectant families, it's just not what we're accustomed to. One of the things I say about the nurtured nest is that we're changing the way triangle families do parenting. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to get good, efficacious, meaning that what you learn, you're going to actually take something away that's sustainable efficacious education to families. They don't have to source their own because Mm -hmm. it's just overwhelming. Oh my God. The Um, books I was reading, my friend told me, she was like, put the book away. The book is full of lies because I was like, the book says this, but he's doing that. And she was like, throw the book out, do what you need to do, do the best you can. She was like, stop it. (laughs) Because I was like, but it says that if I do this, then this will happen. But that's not what is happening in my life right now. (laughs) And so one of the slides 
in, you were mentioning Irene from Loving Lessons. So she's our sleep consultant that teaches for us. And one of her slides, she has all the photos of all the sleep books. And the cool thing about her is she's read them all. She's familiarized herself with all this content and synthesized it for us. She does acknowledge though that like those books were written for one child. And oftentimes in our pediatrician says this too, she's like, it's a combination of all the things. Yep. So being aware of all the things and the fact that Irene teaches, you cannot teach a bad sleep habit before six months. Right. And she does. She gives like an A, a B, and then C is survival. Like yep. C is get through it. And so she's real, it, it, she and all the experts that we have teaching for us, they're parents themselves. And I love it. Get it. I love it. Harder transition going from one to two. That was where I found my own personal reserve and resources being challenged every moment. (laughs) Of Nicholas, literally, like he came out. I was breastfeeding. Like I had no, I had an emergency C-section. I had no post-op complications. I felt great. And then Samantha, I was on bed rest. I went from that, you know, mild pregnancy induced hypertension all the way to severe preeclampsia. And then she went to the NICU because she was preemie and she was like, it was all this stuff. So every experience was different. Every mm-hmm. breath, you talk about the tongue, she had a tongue tie and every mm-hmm. breastfeed, you know, they, she couldn't breastfeed until she was five weeks old, but I was pumping. I'm like freaking Elsie, the cow. And because she was so tiny, she wasn't drinking anything. I had 400 ounces in the freezer of breast milk. Mm -hmm. I I was a cow. I'm not even kidding. But then just managing, aside from the breastfeeding, managing the behaviors and managing, remembering to take the things for all the different kids and which one has which book and which one has which toy and all of those things that like all that stuff that takes up space in your head. That's where I really struggled. Where we're hoping to build on too. So you were constantly, the old format before this coronavirus days of virtual classes, we were adding one a month. We still are going to be adding content after we can get our original content virtual. We are hoping to add that support because that's where it is lacking. I think twofold that I would like to see the expectant parent classes in our area get a revamp. And we're doing that. We actually, the week before all the schools shut down, we had a meeting with the UNC Rex Women's Center and our classes are going to be offered through them. Awesome. So that's really cool. That's yeah. And so I, um, leaving there, I thought, wow, this is going to change the way expectant families get and what they get. So coming soon will that, nice. but then the other fold is I need parents to be supported beyond the first year. And I know they're busy and I know that's everybody's like, oh, the parents are so busy. How will you get them to come to a class? But I have to be honest. I would have came to a class and midnight at night, if it would have helped, like, please. Uh, I'd have been like, what, 4 a.m.? I'll be there. (laughs) No, And I've taken. It's like the word lazy. Like to me, they're just so pejorative and it's not like. Well, they want bullet points, right? But I think one thing that's coming true is that people that have been to one of our classes are coming back. Those are our first people to sign up. And because they've been to a class and they saw what happened there and they saw the connections they made now. And so now 
when I'm in my kitchen preparing meals for my children or preparing dinner for us as a family, I no longer think about all of the different Instagram accounts that I'm following and wondering if I'm doing things right or wondering about different diets and eating too many carbs. I'm channeling Julie Kennedy, the registered dietitian in my head, and it gives me peace. She also, like all of our educators, is really real in the classes and is able to kind of throw out some grace and, and tell us like not every meal is going to be that way. And yeah. so in my head, sometimes I'm like, yep, Julie, I'm giving my kids just pancakes. They're not yeah. whole wheat. There's no fruit or vegetable on that plate and there's no protein. So this is not a Julie Kennedy meal, but I know that I know how to make one. And right. this is the only meal they're going to get that day. It, it, it's really helpful. It helps me kind of push out that internet information yeah. and the noise. And yeah. I don't have the need. I'm actually saving time. Maybe, I mean, can we go that far to say that families might yes. actually save some time? Yeah. Because, you're not, because you're not reading through 50 million things. You just know, yeah. okay, sure this is my... Right, like you're not like, oh my God, I have to make sure that they have 500 calories and that has to be perfectly mm-hmm. proportioned and it has to like... No, you're being real. You've been given permission. You've been gifted permission to mm-hmm. just be and parent yeah. and be comfortable and allow your yourself and your kids to, to be real, right? And not yeah. have to live up to this like high expectation, this high standard. The, the other thing to this too that I want to share with you guys and when I think about, like I think about Julie. So most of our educators have their own practice. And so Julie practices out of Carrie Gastro and she costs money to see. She's approved by many health insurance plans and things, but Julie costs money. Irene costs money. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not cheap to see them. We've got several mental health focused classes. And, and I feel like this is a way to get good information at a low cost to a lot of people. It's like being able to talk to Julie or Karen, our speech language pathologist. She teaches a class on picky eating and everybody that attends gets an individual plan for their kid. And they didn't have to have Karen come to their house and hold a session. It also lets families know that there's resources out there. So like if their problem is maybe bigger than they thought it was, they're able to identify that in the class with the educator and then identify ways to work to make it better if they connected with Karen or now they know that people like Karen work with families on um, yeah. picky eating. I didn't know either. Oftentimes we're pretty tricked on Instagram because a lot of nutritionists like to delve into picky eating and baby led weaning. Both of those things have to do with oral motor function. And that's where a speech language pathologist is, not a nutritionist. A nutritionist teaches our meal planning and meal prep class because she's about what happens when it gets in your belly. But all of those picky eating things, it doesn't have to do with what you're serving your kid, which I think a lot of us are fooled into thinking like, oh, my kid just totally the take. So I like to think we're able through these classes at the Nurtured Nest to normalize and kind of bring these services that people are paying a lot of money for to the general public. Our title sponsors for this show are Diane Kinlaw and Jamie Tulak. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or wish to refinance, why not seek the counsel of a friend who happens to know the triangle housing market better than the back of her hand? As your local lender, Diane Kinlaw knows how important this area is to you because it's her home too. 
That's why she's made it a goal not to just be the best loan officer around, but a community leader supporting small businesses with referrals and networking events and supporting local charities with frequent fundraisers. If you're looking to move to Holly Springs or the surrounding area, or maybe interested in a refinance to lower your term or rate, Diane offers a wide array of programs to fit your family's needs. Let her be a part of your path home. A home doesn't have to be a dream. Let Diane make it a reality. You can contact us at www.goprime.com and search for Diane or call 919-624-9541. GoPrime Mortgage Incorporated, company NMLS number 69551. Diane Kinlaw, NMLS number 1600777. GoPrime is an equal housing opportunity lender. Today's show sponsor, Jamie Tulak of eXp Realty, has a passion for serving clients and nearly a decade of industry experience as a top producing realtor and designer. Jamie Tulak of eXp Realty will help you reach your real estate goals. Whether you're buying, selling, investing, or renting in today's market, having an experienced real estate expert working for you is crucial. And don't forget to ask her about her hometown heroes credit for military, police, firefighters, teachers, and medical providers. Contact Jamie Tulak today at 559-707-1913. That's 559-707-1913. MRP certified. Well, and I think what you're providing just, hey, I'm drowning out the noise. And so here are your go-to experts that we've compiled for you. And more Mm -hmm. importantly, you're creating a sense of community. Because at the end of the day, when I was up at all hours in the middle of the night, or I I vividly remember walking through the doorway of my son's room, and it felt like I transported into another world. And I was sitting in the nursing chair, nursing him in the front of the big windows and everybody else is outside playing. And I was like, life is going on without me. And I am in this quicksand, like time is moving slowly and I'm trapped in this nursery while the whole world continues to function. And it wasn't until one of my friends said, I'm up nursing at that time too. And remember that around the world, there are hundreds of thousands of moms up in the middle of the night nursing. And being able to come down the steps and see my neighbor's light on in her kitchen and knowing she's up nursing her baby too, like just knowing I'm not in this alone and that there's hundreds of thousands of women around the world up in the middle of the night with their babies too, that that provided me more than any freaking book in the world that I read. That's what you're providing through your classes is the knowledge, like you said, the expectations, but the community. I never really thought about that. That's like so touching, but it it's so true because when you show up to a picky eating class, oftentimes you think, well, it's me. I did it. I screwed up. I made him eat like this. Or my husband likes to think he's got picky eating habits. So it just like translate it through DNA and it didn't and but to hear another mom in the class that I took said that she was like my husband thinks that he did this to them like he takes it so personal to be able to share those stories which we do and then also to hear from other people that have been through it just hearing people's stories it's the same thing like there's a lot of information right now about sharing birth stories it provides a lot of affirmation and healing and things like that but part of us, we like to talk about ourselves. And so that's something like online classes, these courses that these Instagram stars are offering right now on, on feeding and sleep. They don't give you the time to share like that, to share your story, your 
They're talking at you. They're not inviting. And that's hard because we're trying to do the virtual right now. And I feel like, oh, I don't want to talk at people, but. No, just do your virtual. You're doing it differently. Like you said, you're doing a conversation style. So it's about giving people that platform like we're doing here today is let's have that conversation. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we're still providing value. And at the end of the day, though, what people, what listeners walk away from, why they tune in and listen to us is because we're creating that connection with them and because it's a conversation and because Mm -hmm. they can see themselves in the episodes and they can be like, God, that was my experience too. I felt that way, but I didn't know how to put words to it. They just said it. And so that's how yours are going to be different. Release that fear. You are not (laughs) those people. Yours are conversation style and you're going to still be connecting just like we're connecting here today. We are all in this together. There's someone else that can help you stand up taller and that can hold you up while you're feeling like the you're stuck in that quagmire, right? Like in The Princess Bride, when Carrie Elwes is going to come jumping down with a giant vine and save you. Do you guys, <laughs> are you guys familiar with Glennon Doyle? She, talk, she calls it sistering. And my mm-hmm. besties and I use that term all the time. And especially because my dad, he owned a lumber company and we always held him build things and stuff like that. And so it's when you put the two other pieces of wood up against so that it creates the sister for the joist. And so they're all sistering to keep that up, right? And like, that's what you're creating. You're creating a community where we're sistering together. And when you're feeling weak, you got those two joists, your fellow sisters, one on each side, holding you up and keeping you strong. And I like that. And we we're really playing around with ways that we can continue this outside of class. And so also the week before coronavirus hit and the world... I was working with Little Doodles and we will continue this, but we're releasing the flock. So um, sticking with our brand here, birds of feather flock together, but we're going to be doing not classes, but instead guided conversations about different topics. And so getting moms, maybe that have allergy kids, we're moms and dads, of course, because we aren't just exclusive to mamas, but and yeah. parents and caregivers around um, allergies together. Doesn't matter yeah. the age of your kid because we can learn so much from each other. But getting parents and caregivers that maybe are dealing with um, aging parents while raising their children, that's mm-hmm. a hot topic. And so we're going to be doing guided conversation coming from our board. We're lucky because we have a board of kind of medical experts that guides us. And then most of our in that professional book that they want us to read prior. And then we'll hold these in-person flock meetups at places like Little Doodles so we can bring our children if they're of that age and we can meet, they can play. And then we could continue those relationships because it's important. I think even Jenny and I have talked about like, oh, an online, but it just goes against brand for us. It really does go against that. So um, we are going to bring the flock to life, but we are hoping to do it in an in-person. I guess we could do it. I'm finding out. I'm, I'm learning a lot about our business right well, now during this time of social right distancing. So that way people who want to attend who maybe are stuck in the house because their kids are not cooperating for them to leave the house yes, can still yeah. join in. There's a, a way for you to be authentic and on brand and uh-huh. still make it accessible for other people who maybe can't go in person. Well, it's funny because this, this coronavirus and the social distancing um, and our stay-at-home order is forcing me into that. And it's forcing me to figure out how I can make it accessible, but stay with our brand. Cause I'm really passionate about the personalized aspect 
of these classes. Alrighty. So now we're going to do the lightning round. So we're just going to fire questions at you. Don't overthink it. What's the first thing that comes <laughs> to your mind? Just roll with it. It's all good. Are you ready? Set. Okay. What is the best advice you have ever been told? To keep your eye in your lane. So not to watch what other people are doing. Gotcha. What is your favorite place in the world? The horse barn. I ride horses. And uh, as of today with the stay home order, our boarding facility is actually shut down to borders until the middle of the month. So um, if you ever need somebody to muck the stalls, I will muck stalls (laughs) just to spend time with horses. Like if you're like, I don't feel like grooming today. You text me and I will groom your horse all day. Like whatever you need, I'm there. Like, so when, when you mentioned earlier, when Catherine mentioned earlier, like our mutual friend, that's how they <laughs> know each other is through the stables and the horses there together. And so like, I didn't mention that because I knew it was really going to geek out yes. and like that would totally derail. And I'm like, wait, you're in Holly Springs. Are they close to us? Where is this? Like, we're going to have to talk about that when we get off of this, but I, we're going to need some more information. <laughs> no, well, I'm going to be crying tears because they're shutting the doors at 5 yeah. PM tonight until April 17th. No. That is. But Elton, the gray horse will be available on April 17th or whenever they open the doors because he will probably be black with dirt by then. Right. So. I'm telling you, I like I'm legit when I say that. I'm like, whatever you need, I will be there to help you. Okay. If you weren't doing your current business, what would you be doing? It's really hard. I don't know like my... All my life experiences, I started off as a classroom teacher and educator. I worked for a publishing company. So I learned about making content and the curriculum. And then I worked for small businesses. So up until opening and still actually now I'm home with my girls. So maybe if I wasn't doing this, I would just be being a mama. Um, I don't know. This is the calling. I think that any way my life was going. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. What do you want your legacy to be? Just a helper. I I think about that. Actually, I think that's in our world. People always think about like, how would you like to be remembered? What are people going to say about you when you're gone? And that I was always the one that was trying to help and find a solution would show up. That's just who who I want to be. And that's what I'm trying to live right now. And this whole business, I saw it when I was going through it. I didn't have something. And now I'm going to create it for the people that are coming next. Yep. That's awesome. All right. Last one. What would your theme song be? Oh, it's so hard. All I can think of is the Frozen 2 soundtrack this week of coronavirus. I don't know. Into the unknown. Yes, that's totally unknown, right? (laughs) And you just follow it and you listen and you keep your eye on your business. The other advice I got that kind of ties to this is that don't make the business that you think it should be. You need to follow the business. And um, so into the unknown, I don't know. Like I'm I'm pretty nervous about putting out virtual classes because I kind of think they're going to be popular and I'm not going to like that. (laughs) But yeah, so my theme song is into the unknown. This is your opportunity for growth and expansion for you because there is serious resistance for you when it like you have a limiting belief around virtual and seeing it as a bad thing instead of like the possibilities that it could be. I want you to know that I do see it. Like I I walked down the other night to my husband and I said, you know what? This is that stream of revenue. I mean, I'm a business owner, so this is revenue to us. So this is the stream of revenue. 
I'm going to put a lot of hard work into getting these recorded and to make them look nice. Because I think even when we go back to in-person, having this option available yep. for some oh, families. No idea. It's um, going to be yeah. passive income. You're going to be able to sell it as a standalone course. You're just going to be able to have it there on your site for people who aren't local, who aren't, yeah. or who are local, who can't leave their house. Virtual does not mean not connected. Exactly. Virtual does not mean impersonal. If anything, so, it, for you, when you talk about it, it's like you're walking, like it's like you're like the scarlet letter V for virtual. And you're like, I do not want that scarlet letter. Part of my marketing is that my first TV interview with Lena Tillett at WRAL, she asked, she told me to come back. She was like, you should come back when you guys go online. And I was like, Lena, we're never going online. Like we're not going virtual. And I said that to her. And right. so it's just funny. I feel like God is like, actually, Catherine. Yes. Yes. I have given you, I take that from this experience. I mean, I just take it as an opportunity. It's been an opportunity for me to grow. And we've done these free, I haven't even mentioned this, but we did these like free mini classes we're continuing to do. I realized that was huge. People want yeah. to hear from us on just these small micro topics. Yeah. We started with expectant parents and I have this vast resources and they're all here. I didn't have to go gather them. Yeah. And think of it this way. The impact that you're I, having you know, on the community so right uh, here. Classes, you know. Like imagine the impact that you can have globally. And so you're having this big of an impact here right now in the community and through virtual, it just means you can have a global impact. So virtual does not mean online. Let me be very clear about that. Virtual does not mean it's an online business. Yeah. Virtual just means that at this moment, we are not. That's true. It isn't thinking about that way. Right. I thought that I was going to touch the world through franchising individual cities is how I anticipated this to be. And, and we may and still. It can still be done virtually. Um, if anything that this COVID thing is teaching us, right, is that like I have seen stronger connections almost doing it this way because people are almost more real and more authentic in this space, right? People who have never used Zoom before, people who have never done WebExes before, people who have never had to pay attention to what their background looks like. Like this backdrop is here on my zoom screen. So y'all don't see my messy bed and pile of clothes that needs to be folded. Right. Yeah. Like that's what virtual backgrounds are for. You don't get a level of, of people being open. I think that, that because they're still in the safety of their own homes. Yeah. Or they're still in the safety of their car or wherever they are. Like virtual. You don't have to put on the mask because they're in their house. They're in the comfort of their home. So their mask is less. They're still in right? their pajamas from the bottom down. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I Like I said, this is such a learning experience for me. And I can't wait to see what we take from this time, combine yeah. it to what we were already doing. Yeah. And I just think it's going to make us a force. Um, yes. And, agreed. All right. That's so, a perfect way to close that. So how can people find you, <laughs> Catherine? So we are on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle is at the nurtured nest in C. Uh, and we're also, you can find all of our classes, all of our mini free classes, learn about our board, learn about our educators on our website. And that's the nurtured nest in C.com. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. We are very grateful. Thank you. For you. 
Thank you for creating this community for people. And I forgive you for not being there for me when I had my first one. You didn't want 2011. 2011, Catherine wouldn't have known what to do. So I wasn't there yet. I was still being built. But I just appreciate you guys considering me a girl who is is doing doing this stuff. stuff. So that's cool. (laughs) Thank you, Catherine, again. Um, I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras, and you do you, boo. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media.